Welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. I'm Dana, founder of Bright Red Marketing, your e-commerce advertising specialists. Today we're here with Debs Brocklesby from Stoked NZ. Debs launched Stoked NZ after recovering from a brain injury. Whilst recovering, the thing she missed the most was being out in nature, biking, surfing, hiking. She also realized life can be super short and always knew she wanted to work for herself. Fast forward a couple of years and she has a multiple figure business that hit six figures in its first year and continues to grow. Debs is so deeply passionate about the human she works with to make the tallies and loves that Stoked NZ is ethically made and transparent. Debs is completely self-taught with her previous career working in high-performance sport. She had no e-commerce, marketing, or business experience, but has gotten this far with some naivety, a lot of hard work, and heaps of passion. I love this episode as Debs shares her story as well as many lessons she's learned along the way. So let's get into it. Welcome to episode 17. Hi, and welcome to the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. Today, we're here with Debs from Stoked NZ. Welcome. Hi. I'm so happy to have you on the show. I'm so stoked to be here. Thank you so much. Pleasure to have you. So tell us a little bit about how Stoked NZ started. Okay, so (laughs) I was working in corporate at a cool job, and I had a freak accident, which resulted in a brain injury in 2015. Long story short, it was a really long recovery. I couldn't cross a road. I couldn't leave my house. I was like, you know, a standard head injury in a dark room. And the thing I missed the most was like being out in nature, swimming, mountain biking, kayaking, doing all the things. And a tally is something that I already had, but everything on the market at the time was like, I don't know, like a little bit rubbish or not exactly how I wanted it. Yep. Yeah, like with a little bit of naivety and like a lot of hard work, I guess, I launched Stoked. Awesome. So for those of us who don't know, I know because I've looked at your website and I'm now, I need one. What is a tally for those listening? <laughs> uh, sorry, fickle. So a tally is, it's a, a towel poncho. So we make ours out of Turkish cotton. So that's super quick drying and they pack it really small. And it's essentially, I've made them quite baggy. So it's like a portable change room and a towel all in one. So if you're on the beach and there's nowhere to change or after a mountain bike ride and there's no like public toilets, you can throw it on and at the side of your car, like literally get dry and changed into a whole new set of clothes without anyone seeing anything. Yep. And now that I've seen these, I now need one in the back of my car because I live on the Gold Coast and I go to the beach a lot and my life is now no longer complete. (laughs) I now need one so that I can get changed at the beach. (laughs) So being completely self-taught, what was probably one of your earliest lessons in business? Oh, (laughs) there's a lot. One of them would definitely be get help. Like, so find experts, reach out to people that have forged a similar path to where you want to go. You need to do all the big picture dreaming and all the thinking and ultimately know your why for being in business or starting a business. But for some of the like more technical aspects, like Facebook ads, for example, reach out to experts and be a sponge and yeah, learn as much as you can. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and do it all the hard way. Yeah, Although I, I did a lot at the start. <laughs> what was the, the first thing that you kind of got help with that you were like, why didn't I do that sooner? Yeah, so I got a business mentor kind of right near the start and my parents were like well that's a chunk of money you could spend that on so many things but to be honest 
she really helped me like lay the foundations for my business, you know, like everything, marketing, legals, financials, all the things. And yeah, without that, I don't know. I think it just took a lot of the way of the like time of figuring out, like, do I need this? Do I not need this? And just setting up like good practices. No, I think that's great. So obviously one of the big things about your business is that it's ethical. Why is ethical so important to you? And what does that mean for for you and for your business? So I'm in New Zealand and obviously we're recording this during COVID-19. And there's a lot of discussion right now about buy NZ made, support our local economy. And while I'm all for that, I think that the question should actually be, instead of is it NZ made, I think the question should be, are the people making our things good humans? Do they have good working conditions? Are they exploited? Are they paid fairly? I think those are the questions we should be asking. So yeah, right at the start, like I always knew, like for me, we're all about people and the planet because those are my values and stoked. <laughs> just an extension of myself, basically. Yep. Yeah, when it started getting a little bigger, I got a wholesale order for a thousand. So I flew to Turkey, <laughs> no idea. I talked to a bunch of families and then we now work with two families and I've, I've had cups of tea with them. I've hugged it out with them. I take them gifts. They don't all speak English. My Turkish is a bit rubbish, but <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the one guy I do deal with the most, he can translate everything else. And like hugs are a universal language. This um, is true. Yeah. Yeah. And I just think it's so important that like, Oh, they're like family, you know, without them, I wouldn't have a business. And without me, I help like, I pay the wage. You know what I mean? Yeah. You fund their livelihood. Yeah. That's really lovely. I love that. I love that you're that close with them too. Like it's not just some, oh, we went through an ethical supplier and I know they're good. And you know, like you've been to their house, you've given them hugs, you bring them presents. Like it's a real relationship rather than just a straight business dealings via email. Yeah, for sure. So I was going pre-COVID. I went every year. So I've been over twice. And yeah, it's really important to me. I've seen, it's like it's a generational family business for them too. So yeah, yeah, I just think it's really cool. And I can't imagine doing business without them now. They're absolute legends. That's so lovely. I love that. So for anyone who wants to start an ethical business or for someone who's moving towards that kind of model, do you have any suggestions or tips for people in either making that transition or at least starting from scratch that way? Do a lot of research. It's really, there's so much greenwashing everywhere right now. I think you just need to do a lot of research. And honestly, for me, because I was already getting Turkish cotton out of Turkey before I flew there through another another supplier that I found just by hours of Googling. And when I went over there, this was still like, cause I got the wholesale order really early on in my business. So it was still right at the start and going over and finding the families and then choosing to work with them. Honestly, relate like it was the biggest step for my business. Relationships mm. are key. So there's no fast track. There's no easy way, but I think you need to like go and physically see for yourself the like their actual working conditions all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like chat to the makers and then you can build relationships. You're not just this, like these words at the end of an email, you're a human and you're equally invested in the relationship. I think that's really important. Yeah. I think that's good. I think a lot of people kind of get stuck into that. I can just Google and I'll work it out. And oh, this person says they're ethical and kind of go from there. I love the idea 
I mean, especially being an ethical business, like it's really nice that you've met these people and you, you know, you can establish that relationship face to face. Well, I mean, you could pre COVID. <laughs> It'd be a little bit more difficult now, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, but now, like, um, so the main guy that I deal with, like, they had a baby during COVID and they, like, they send me photos. And, like, uh, I remember this one time because my partner's Northern Irish. We were actually in Wales for a friend's wedding. And I was walking around the coastline in Wales and I was chatting to my supplier on WhatsApp. And I was like, he was asking me all these questions. And I was like, mate, can you give me an hour? I'm like <laughs> strolling around this beautiful coastline in Wales. Can I come back to you? But like we have conversations like we are right now because we've built such a good relationship, you know? Yeah, that's so brilliant. Go see for yourself would be my advice. So obviously you hit six figures in your first year, which is super exciting. How did you kind of get your first customers and kind of build up that momentum? Yeah, great question. Million dollar so, question. Everyone um, wants to know this one. We could just do a podcast just asking this question and everyone would be very happy. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I went to, so my product is a towel poncho for every weekend for the, like the first summer, I was at a market like beachside markets and that kind of stuff and I knew that I needed to get brand awareness and I just needed to get my name out there and I was working on the business like full time through the week and I never saw my partner and I never you know it's like the hustle that you kind of do have to just do when you got a new business but I knew it wasn't sustainable and I knew that ultimately I was building a business for freedom so we got through that summer we sold a bunch of stuff we got a bunch of brand awareness that was cool and then I shifted my focus to online, which <laughs> I hated because I really hated marketing for a while. But my background's in data analytics. And now that I can see the return and like I'm a little data nerd, I love as it. Fellow, as a fellow data nerd, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it. But I guess, okay, so there's no like one size fits all. I, you just have to do the work. I got the brand awareness. We still don't have the biggest social media following at all, but we have a super engaged set of like mega fans that have, we've got like a 55% return customer rate. That's insane. On average, Especially for month. a product that you wouldn't think, like I know some people that sell products that you would expect people to buy multiples of. Like your business is not one of those ones that you would expect. Like people don't need 70 towels. Like a towel doesn't yeah. die after a month. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not a, a yeah. consumable. So to have a 55% return customer rate is insane. Like that's amazing. Well done. Thank you. But I think it's because um, like so people buy them for themselves, but then they buy them for gifts. So whenever someone needs a gift, like it's a really practical, functional item. So it's just their go-to gift. Yeah, just so I just focused on online and went all in on that, I guess, and you know, set up all the back end systems. And we moved to Clavio, my CRM, and Facebook ads, and all the things. Yeah, hit six figures. I was over the moon. Amazing. You said you got a, a really big wholesale order in your very, very early days. Is wholesale a big part of your business now? No, it's not. And <laughs> And that order fell through. Oh, no. <laughs> so I got the order. I bought my tickets to Turkey. Tickets to Turkey. I went over by myself, like 25, a little naive at the time, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever, it worked out. But no, wholesale is not a massive amount. I had a mentor that I was mentioning early on, and she was kind of suggesting to me 20% max wholesale and 80% direct customer. 
and that's something I definitely haven't tried to exceed. For us, like wholesale is more, it's almost more of a brand awareness tool. Yeah, it's certainly not a big revenue stream for us, but we've got a few like adventure tourism companies. So they, they're like, well, pre-COVID, they were all international tourists. And then we would actually get like, you know, orders from Germany. We send worldwide and stuff because their mates see them and all want them. And then a couple of local surf stores. But everyone, like, we don't just, we're not mass produced. We're not in any chain stores. All the stores have to, like, have an alignment of values with us. Yeah, they have to be good humans. I love that. Your thing is just, if you're a good human, we'll work with you. Which, I mean, realistically should just be everyone's way of doing business. But unfortunately, it's not the case. So obviously, you started out doing kind of markets, really hit the ground, running, hustle. You've moved a little bit more online. What do you find is your your most profitable channels for getting new customers now? Is there anything that you're like, this is our our one thing or is it a little bit of a mix of all of the kind of digital channels? Yeah, I don't think it's just one thing. I think it's like, you know, we use Facebook for a lot of cold traffic and then we try and funnel them into Klaviyo and we've got really comprehensive conditional flows set up in there so we can nurture them with a content funnel and then ideally they would buy (laughs) but I've also spent a lot of time on our SEO understanding our Google Analytics and all that kind of stuff I don't think there's one thing I think they all all the things kind of work in together and being I'm the last person to say this because I'm not the best at but trying to be consistent organically on social media as well yeah I just I try to show up and every time I show up we get people just dms and people just like wanting to have a yarn and that's how you build community and relationships and loyal mega fans i think in my experience so loyal mega fans are a huge part of your business i love it (laughs) and i think you're right though from a a marketing perspective most of the successful businesses i know it's never one channel like even i mean we specialize in facebook ads all of our clients that use facebook ads they work really well because they work in conjunction with everything else. I think if you just rely too much on one, one, I don't think it's the greatest customer experience, but two, if any of them go down, you're putting yourself in a lot of risk. When you've built things the way you've built them, kind of if any one piece of the puzzle fell apart, you would still be fine. So I think that's a really good, solid way of of building a business. Oh, thanks. Also, though, how easy, like, imagine how good, how easy would it be if you just needed one channel? Oh, it'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just do that and I'll be a millionaire. That was the hope with Facebook ads. I think that's why so many people are so sad, or at least with, like, organic Facebook and organic Instagram. They used to be this, like, magic source that you could post a couple of pretty photos on Instagram and you have this huge overnight success business. And that worked for, like, the first year of Instagram Um, and I think a lot of people got very very sad and disillusioned when Instagram sort of petered out in its organic nature it still works it still can do it but it's a little bit more of a it's a little bit more hard work now than it used to be so I think it's just about adapting as things change yeah that's such a good point (laughs) you see all those businesses on Instagram with like massive followings but yeah exactly what you just said a lot of them started right back when Instagram kind of first came about, right? Super easy. It's like all the the Facebook pages with millions of fans. It's the same situation. You know, you can get there organically now, but it's a really, really hard slog. Whereas 
we used to be able to do it so much easier. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree. I think um, as well, like with because there was that day when Facebook went down. Yeah, I remember that day. I had lots of unhappy clients that day. Freaking out. <laughs> but if you can still be nurturing them through your email marketing and other things, then you don't need to freak out as much, you know? 100% agree. 100% agree. So obviously we sort of touched on this a little bit, but I just want to see if there's anything else you can share. Is there anything you wish you'd done or known in the kind of early days of your business that would make, you know, scaling, growing and existing as a business now easier? So I'm just about to hire our two first staff. I've worked with a bunch of, (laughs) yeah, I'm really excited. I've worked with like a bunch of contractors and like VAs and outsourced stuff and like throughout our time. But I really wish I hired, like this time a year ago, I was talking about hiring and I was, I don't know, too scared to do it, didn't back myself. I don't know, but I wish I did. It's terrifying to hire people. That's understandable. Yeah, it is terrifying. We had the biggest November we'd ever had and we sold out of like Christmas stock two weeks into November and we had nothing more basically. And then I got pneumonia in January. Like who gets pneumonia in summer? And I just wish I ordered... I wish I had staff then. So I think that saying like jump before you need to or something, maybe I've made that saying up. But if you think it's time, it probably is. So take the leap and back yourself. You backed yourself to get this far. Yeah. I think that's a big thing a lot of people struggling with is hiring too late. There's a lot of people that hire too early. It's a real tricky one to kind of balance and everyone's like, oh, but is it too early or is it too late? It's a really tricky one to balance. But especially with e-commerce businesses, like you're juggling so many different things and wearing so many different hats. It's very freeing if you can take one of those hats off and give it to someone else. I'll let you know in a month or two once I have. I'm very excited for your your new hires, especially considering you're hiring people during COVID. I mean, you guys are doing much better than the rest of the world, so it's a bit easier for you guys, but still, it's very exciting. Yeah, thank you. So you've obviously got this business that, could be very heavily skewed towards summer, but you very cleverly created some products that kind of cover year round. Was that something that you originally started or something that developed as a a response to kind of the seasonality of selling towels? And how did that kind of play out? So it wasn't even necessarily a response to the seasonality. It was just listening to our customers. So yeah, so when we launched, we had one size tally in four colors and that quickly grew to seven sizes and over 50 colors within the first six months. And all of those sizes were just listening to customer feedback. We want a shorter one or a wider one or whatever. So we did what we could. And then I feel like because we grew, because that grew so fast, we were a bit playing catch up for a bit there. But just in the last kind of this year, we've been able to release a few more products and they are all based on customer feedback so we've got a lot of do you know what I mean when I say aqua jogging like grannies no you know like the like little cute <laughs> grannies that go to like the swimming pools and they do like aqua aerobics oh yeah yeah so we've got like he- I call them aqua jogging grannies um, <laughs> Adorable. we've got heaps of them they just started bringing me up I used to have my phone on the website my phone number I kind of had to take that off because people would ring me at midnight (laughs) they'd ring me up and they'd be like Debs I love your tally but I've got Parkinson's or I've had a stroke or I've got arthritis 
in my fingers. I don't have the mobility that I used to to be able to pull a towel poncho over my head anymore. Can you make us something? I want long sleeves, I want it a bit thicker, and I want to be able to drive home in it so I can have a shower at my own home. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure, no worries. <laughs> and lots of them kept bringing me. So I ended up just having, like, I'd have, like, hour-long chats with these guys. That's amazing. One, that you actually took the time to speak to them, and two, that you had these women giving you phone calls to be like, I like your product. It's not quite what I need, but let's chat for an hour so I can tell you what I want. Like, I love that. Yeah, it was super cool. So we made, we made bathrobes for those people. They sold out super fast. And then when I was in Turkey the first time, they made me this beautiful throw for my bed. And my mum was like, I want it. <laughs> I was like, no. And lots of my friends wanted it. And then I was like, oh, maybe we should make some. And I never had an intention because I didn't know how that fit with the tally. Like the tally is kind of like about adventure and lifestyle and the beach and stuff. And then I was like, how does a throw fit under that? So I only released our throws the night that New Zealand came into, we went into level three lockdown. So that meant we were still kind of meant to stay at home, but couriers could could start running again. And we sold out of 11 of our 14 stars of throws within an hour. And I was like, what just happened? (laughs) Like We're in a global pandemic. What is going on? And then, yeah, our throws, they went nuts. So we quickly made more and the next lot sold out again. But it wasn't necessarily, yeah, sorry, long version. No, I like long version. Okay. In response to the seasonality, it was more customers are like, we want this. And then we released in this home collection launch that I was talking about, we also released some cloths, which are all just like a, a part of being an ethical business and the way I do life, I didn't want waste. So we had kept all of the offcuts from when we make our tallies. And we literally just kind of overlocked the outsides, sold them for $4. And they're like the best like makeup removers or I use mine in the kitchen, in the bathroom, anywhere you need a cloth, dishcloth, whatever. People use them as reusable baby wipes. So that was another thing we launched. And then our little mini towels, that's like tea towel or gym towel, whatever you need it to be. And that was all just reducing waste, but have been going nuts. I love that. Not only does it like meet a demand that you may or may not have known you had, it also reduces waste, which is super important in that kind of manufacturing space. So that's super exciting. Yeah, it's it's been epic. I sound I hope it doesn't sound too like ditzy, but I yes we have a yes, we have a plan, but also you can't plan everything out. Like we the home collection stuff and the bathrobes especially, that was purely responding like I always say we're here for our customers and without them, we wouldn't have a business. So if they need something because they've got mobility issues, then, you know, we'll have a go and see if we can make it. So, yeah. I don't know whether it's a unique way of running business. It's not common, at least. Uh, And I think it's a, a really great way of running business. So now that you don't have your mobile number on the website, how are you still getting customer feedback? <laughs> Obviously, you're not having hour long chats at midnight anymore so how are you kind of making sure you stay in contact with those customers so as on there it's just hidden a bit more <laughs> you really have to look for it but also so i've got a live talk chat on our website Classic. which people are constantly giving me their feedback 
also like the contact us form and stuff on the website that's easy for people to find and have a chat to me through but I also go live on Facebook. I try to go at least once a week and people just know my name is Debs and they'll just start messaging me on Facebook or responding to a live or whatever. They can still definitely get in touch and they're more than happy to tell me their two cents. <laughs> I think that's amazing. I love it. Are there any plans to kind of continue expanding the range or are you just going to keep seeing what everyone wants and just going from them? No, I have actually got a few other plans of really cool things I want to do. I just want to keep them on the low tone. You don't have to share the specifics. I'm just curious as to the the planning process. Yeah, cool. Yeah, there are a few other things I want to do to expand our home range. And we definitely, these bathrobes, just with COVID right now, like Turkey's obviously part of Europe. They are not faring as well as New Zealand. They're still social distancing and our factory's not at full capacity right now. So it's more of just a... um, getting our stuff out the door for our summer. But there are a few things that we're working on as well. Very exciting. I have to keep an eye on your website. I need to go and buy myself one of these and I'm trying to decide what colour throw I want. So, yeah, I think you've got some very loyal customers out there and I can I can see why I'm just having a look at your website. So we'll um, get you to share your, your website and stuff in a second so people can come and have a look. Um, so we're just about to get into the last couple of questions but before we do is there anything else that you think you could share that would be helpful or interesting to our listeners in terms of the business stuff i would just kind of reiterate like get there are so many people out there willing to help and if you can get a really cool like i've got a really cool accountability group there's four of us and we catch up every week and then we have a deep dive in someone else's business like one of the four's business each month because sometimes when you're so like if you're working by yourself you're so in your business that sometimes you can't see something really obvious and it's just really good to bounce ideas and get feedback invest in experts and your personal and professional development i think i think there's some great parting words and definitely agree with you on the accountability thing i've got a group that we meet every fortnight and do the same thing and it's been completely revolutionary to my business so definitely agree with you on that one So we'll just jump into our last couple of questions. Do you have any kind of secrets, strategies, routines, habits that you kind of follow every day to keep you on track in business? Um, Not really. Like everyone says you should, like high performance habits. And I've tried it. And I don't know, I've just felt that maybe it's not that realistic. I'm a a go with the flow kind of person. So I'm, I'm with you there, but I still have a few bits and pieces that they're more like aims and they're like, flexible strategies and flexible routines is what I normally do so my like exercise every single day is a non-negotiable for me and then I like to write my to-do list for tomorrow so I would write it like this afternoon before I leave my office I'd write tomorrow's to-do list so I can go to the gym and then go home and try and switch off otherwise I don't sleep and I think about Facebook campaigns at two in the morning But yeah, I just, I think that's a really good habit and I'm really trying to stick to that one. I like that one. I like that one. Do you have a favorite business book? I've got a couple. So when I first started or before I first started, I listened to Simon, uh, read Simon Sinek's Start With Why. And I think uh, for me, I needed to, I think you just need to get really clear on why you're doing something. So when you're doing those 14, 15 hour days and it seems like a slog or you get (laughs) a massive order from Turkey and it's all wrong and you're like, why am I doing this? You can just come back to like, no, 
this is what I'm doing. This is what I want out of this. And this is why I'm here. So yeah, I love start with why. And then also let my people go surfing by, I can't say his name, but Yvonne Chenaud. He's the founder of Patagonia. And it's a book. What I got from it was like essentially the best book on business culture I've ever read. It sounds amazing. I need to add that to my list. It is like, it is amazing. I love it. It sounds very much the way that I like to do business, which is not just crazy, insane, pressure, hustle 24-7 and let people have their lives sort of a thing. But I obviously haven't read the book. Is that sort of close? Yeah. And he's, so they, like they're all surfers. And so they're essentially saying like, if the waves are pumping, get out there and surf and do your work when it's dark or whatever. Like obviously, and if you create good culture and you have people that love their work, they're not going to take advantage of that. Yeah. And so another example, like they had all these epic humans working for them and then they all kind of got to that stage where they started having kids and they didn't want to lose these people. So they built a creation in the office so these people could work on their terms. Like I just love it so much. Definitely <laughs> adding that to my list. I think that sounds amazing. Any other books or are they your top two? They're my top two. Your top two? Yeah. That's good. Do you have a favourite podcast? I've been loving your one since Emily from Alice <laughs> Summer told me about it. It's rad. Thank you. Otherwise, I love Brand Fitty by Anita. don't know if you know her. I haven't She's heard of that one. I have to go have a listen. She's a copywriter. She's so good. Brand Fitty. Highly recommend. <laughs> awesome. Oh, no, I have heard of it. I have heard of it. I haven't had a chance to listen yet. She's cool. We started out, actually, Anita and Stevie from Stevie Say Social. We all started our business with the same mentor within a month of each other. Oh, wow. And, yeah, I love Stevie's, especially her earlier podcast. is so much in there just, like, for me. Like, at that time, there was so much good stuff on, like, you know, organic socials and things you need to do. And just recently, there's a podcast by Privy, which is called The E-Commerce Fast Lane. <laughs> I'm loving that. So, yeah. Love it. Some great ones there for people to kind of expand their podcast listening because we all need more podcasts to listen to. I have a huge list of ones I need to listen to. So (laughs) I'm sure I'm not alone. For anyone who wants to come check you out, have a look at what you do, maybe buy some tiaulis because I know I need one for the back of my car. Summer, how can people come visit you, check you out on socials, etc.? Oh, thank you. You're too kind. So, yeah, the website is stokednz.co.nz and Instagram is at stokednz and Facebook at Stoked New Zealand. And I'll be hanging out there. Awesome. And we'll put those links for people in the show notes. So if you want to double check how you're spelling things, they will be there nice and easy for you. So, again, thank you so much for joining us. This has been an amazing insight into your business. So really appreciate you coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I've loved it. Thank you for listening to the 17th episode of the Bright Minds of E-Commerce podcast. Don't forget, we load all the links and show notes onto our website. You can find everything at www.brightredmarketing.com.au forward slash show notes forward slash episode 17. The link will also be in the episode description. Thanks so much for listening.